Spookies, and welcome to another episode of Humanizing Horror with your host, D.L. Holmes, author of a few published works that are available on Amazon.com. This is going to be a... I, I don't like that lead-in, because I was about to say this is going to be a different episode, but it's not, because I'm still going to be talking, and y'all are still going to be listening, and it's going to be about our favorite genre, horror. Or maybe you're here because you're curious about horror, but... I want to try to start to unpack what I've tried to record maybe about seven or eight times and deleted, as I have been saying in the last few podcasts. And yes, I know, if you happen to follow me on Twitter at AuthorDLHolmes, you've probably caught wind that this episode was going to be about a movie that I keep continuously referencing, but in me constantly referencing it and why it keeps bringing me back to this subject that seems difficult for me to talk about and i could sit here for probably an hour it would be a super long episode and go on why this topic specifically is difficult for me to talk about or what's going on as to why i keep recording and then deleting this episode but um yeah i'm I'm, I'm just not i'm not ready we're just gonna take it small steps at a time and this episode is uh we're gonna get a little personal we're gonna we're gonna humanize horror, as the uh, podcast says, and I'm gonna gonna talk about horror and uh, relationships. So, uh, and give it a second. Here we go. All right, spooky. So here we go. Um, listen, my homies. When I say horror and relationships, I mean a lot of things, or I could mean a lot of things, but right now we're going to talk about the most important relationship in horror, the relationship that you yourself have with it. And I'm, of course, going to use myself as an example, because why not make this super personal and just, you know, unbox some uh, possible uh, insecurities and psychological stuff in relation to the genre. No, this podcast is called Humanizing Horror because I set out to try to bring some clarity and, you know, clarity to a commonly misunderstood, misliked, and misjudged genre across various different mediums that I happen to love quite a lot. Do I love everything about horror? Well, yes. Um, do I love everything that is horror? No. And I, I think the title of this episode has come to me as I'm saying what I'm about to say, and that is simply this. I do not think I know one person in my life that really gets my vibe. And that's irritating and kind of charming in a way. You know, people spend most of their lives wanting to be, you know, super special. Like, super duper special. Like, they chase this feeling of being so different from everyone else. And you know, it's one of those grass is greener things, I think. And here's why. Also, I realize that, you know, if I have some people close to me that are listening, probably upset you in that statement. Let me explain. When I say almost nobody catches my vibe, right? What I mean by that is, if you know me, D.L. Holmes author, co-author of the Seemingly Strange and Unusual Tales series, co-authored by poetess Tiffany Pennywell, you know that I you know, write and pen erotic horror. You know that uh, I recently went through a bit of a rebranding. And by rebranding, I mean I cut off a bunch of my hair and 
stopped going by erotic author and started calling myself gothic romance author. You also know that I put out a uh, new adult fiction novel called Mixtapes and Mistakes, which contains some uh, graphic depictions of intimacy uh, drawn out by Stephen Kendall Goff, an amazing artist uh, who goes by Dinosaur King on uh, Instagram, and you should definitely check them out. Their work is fantastic. Uh, you know that I've commissioned a really fantastic artist, Anzu, uh, who goes by Girania on Twitter and Instagram to make a bunch of merchandise that's available. It sounds like I'm plugging. I'm not. I'm getting to a point. But, you know, a bunch of merchandise for me, a logo, a brand, some of my business cards, you know, lovely me encased in tentacles who knows what they're about to do. And uh, they're also a great person. You should check them out. You should support them. Commission them, even. I think your commissions are open right now. And if you were to look at and read these things, you would do what most people I know do. You would assume that I'm a Lovecraft fan. And I am. I am. And you would probably come into my room and see all this, you know, merchandise. All these things. All these tentacles and Cthulhu and stuff. And you'd be like, oh, Lovecraft and Cthulhu. Uh, here's the thing. Um, I do like Lovecraft. And every time, you know, you say that being a... Uh, African-American male, people would say, well, you know he was racist, right? Yeah, so was, so was pretty much every person that was behind most things in America. We're not going to touch on that subject. But I am a fan of Lovecraft's writing. And uh, as most readers who have truly delved in and taken apart and read the Cthulhu mythos, one... I think it's very strange calling it the Cthulhu Mythos because Cthulhu is not actually featured in many of his stories. I think I think of what Lovecraft wrote, he's featured in two or three. Um, he's not the most powerful or the biggest of bads in the Cthulhu Mythos. Not even the most interesting character. And when you read uh, adapted works of Lovecraft, you know, people that have taken... The, the universe that he created and written upon, you will find that there's many more interesting. I mean, Narlathotep, uh, Asmogon, I mean, freaking Haster, have you seen the yellow sign? Go find the king in yellow and read it. It will fuck you up. I promise you. Uh, that's a recommendation. Go find the king in yellow. Get yourself a copy on Amazon for like $4. Uh, you might even be able to find it for like two ninety nine on Kindle. Just download that shit and read it. It's wild. Uh, Lovecraft's a little, you know, he, he was an essayist, it definitely shows in his writing, so again, fans of Lovecraft know this, uh, stuff is very hard to read, it's very drab, very droll, but when you, when you get into it, it's great. Uh, my favorite story is the statement of Randolph Carter, so why are, why are there tentacles all around, why is the gift for me tentacles? Well, because the thing, this, the point of this podcast itself, the thing about the world is that Seldom, often, do people actually try to understand individuals. Uh, most times, and yeah, I'm guilty of this, I'm a people, I'm a people too, I people stuff sometimes. Um, people's understanding of each other is based on what understanding they have. It's clearly not as much research. I mean, if you decided you want to make a quiche... Uh, for the most part, you look up what a quiche is, what's in a quiche, you look up those ingredients, you decide if you like those ingredients, and if you decide you don't, you try to, you know, 
Figure out, you know, what you can sub in or sub out. You may make the quiche verbatim the first time before you learn how to do that. People don't do that. People see something about a person, they adapt that, and then it's more of their interpretation of what that means to them and less about what that actually is for that person. So, for me, Lovecraft, tentacles. And I've been given tentacly gifts left and right. Some of the most impractical gifts ever. And I thought sometimes, oh, please don't think I'm not appreciative. Like, the fact that I was thought of by any mortal being enough for them to take time or energy or their hard-earned pesos to award me with a item of affection. I am incredibly materialistic. I will not lie about that. I prefer materialistic items to most things. Uh, keep your sentiments and well wishes. I like stuff. And so much tentacly stuff. Not one person give me a yellow robe, and I'm sure I have mentioned Haster several times, and it's just like, it doesn't click. You like Lovecraft, Cthulhu. I say this to say this. When you like horror, people think of what horror is to them. They don't really grasp an understanding of what that means. Um, when people, whenever I have several, even recently, I like horror movies. I am a horror author. I like horror media. What's one of the first things that people say? I'm asking this to my other horror writers. I, I bet you, I bet your bottom dollar, which I will use to buy a soft serve ice cream machine. Uh, I said ice cream machine. I meant to say ice cream cone. But the first one I thought of was McDonald's. And their ice cream machine is always broken. So that's why I said that. Um, but what if I found the one McDonald's where it was and I got to have a delicious ice cream cone? Wouldn't that be fantastic? You should think about that. It would cost me like a dollar. 99 cents to uh, to support the podcast. Just click the link. And uh, 99 cents a month, you won't miss it. But I'll definitely know it's there. Anyway, so what if, you know, to that 99 cents, and you did that. But bottom dollar, I bet you, this is what the response is. You either hear, oh, I love horror movies. Or... I don't really like horror movies, right? Right. Here's the thing. How often do you hear, oh, what do you like? What kind of horror? What genre or subgenre? Rarely, huh? I bet you. It's like 10% of the population of people that you've had that conversation with. No, because when people hear things, their projection, their idea of it is exactly what it is to them. And nine times out of 10, not at all what it is to you. And I've said several times that, one, horror is a very niche genre, and it's very subversive. Even within the community, even within the horror community, people will sit here and wax intellectuals and debate what is actually scary, what is acceptable to be liked. Like, right now, there's a big thing that's been going on for years about if it's, oh, like, people just tearing each other apart for just liking a movie. Like, I don't give a shit. Fight me. I think Blair Witch 2, Book of Ezra, or Book of Shadows, or whatever you call it, depending on if VHS or DVD release, was a fucking fantastic movie. And it's split down the middle because it gets called a cult classic because some people fucking love it. Some people fucking hate it. I think it fantastically works into the Blair Witch universe. And if you've seen Blair Witch, well, sorry, if you've seen the Blair Witch Project and then Blair Witch, and then you think about the center movie, which is Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows, or Book of Ezra, you will then 100% understand why I say that. Spoiler alert. Uh, you know what? I think I actually want to make that genuine. I really want you to go watch those movies and see what I mean. And literally, they were, watch the Blair Witch Project, watch Blair Witch, and then go back and watch Blair Witch 2, Book of Ezra Murray, and you will 100% understand what I mean. And if you don't, I don't know. I'll make a comment. Have me explain it to you. I don't know. Maybe I'll put, like, my Twitter 
in the uh, for the question this week, and then that way you can reach out to me should you decide to uh, engage in this endeavor. I think everything's between Hulu and Tubi anyway. I'm going to do an episode at some point, which is going to be like best streaming services to watch horror on. And uh, I feel like you're all going to be very surprised by the result because kind of already did that research. I mean, it's not so much research as my you know life, but uh, yeah, I'll look at that. But um, really that's weird is because humanizing horror, right? Idea behind that. Why would that even be necessary? Because horror is dehumanized. Not even by people outside the genre, people within the genre. Like, I'm not going to get on, like, Twitter soapbox about, you know, sensitivity, this is this, what people like, what people don't like. It's more about how people have that conversation, right? Well, let's take it to that initial conversation. I like horror movies. I'm a horror author. I'm a horror writer. And then someone's response to me, oh, I don't like horror movies, right? So... If I were to say, I like Southern classic, hey, those who know, if you know, you know. And someone was like, oh, I really like Southern classic. And I'd be like, well, where do you like your chicken? Because as far as I'm concerned, Southern classic got the best chicken. And they're like, honestly, I like Popeyes or Mr. Jim's. Again, Mr. Mr. Jim's, if you know, you know. And then it's kind of like, okay, and y'all can go back and forth on what kind of ch- chicken you like. And that's just a standard conversation. Standard conversations happen a lot of times for random stuff, but... When it comes to something that is so, kind of, I guess, divisive as, like, horror, the conversation doesn't come up like that. And I think I have a very important reason why. I think because horror, for a lot of people, ties very heavily and deeply to trauma. Very heavily and deeply. Which is weird, because we live in a generation where people have, like, finstas and fake twitter accounts where they expound very deeply about their trauma and personal lives like that shit is like you know normal <laughs> and like you know okay i mean it's acceptable i mean i guess you know define normal what is normal but that's like the wave but then these same people like can't watch a movie with a certain subject matter or material in it because it makes them, you know, think about the thing that they've written 142 posts about on their social media site. Um, and I don't know, I guess it's just a thing, I guess it's how it's expressed. It's weird. It's like, maybe it's like, you can talk about it, but you can't see it. I mean, it kind of makes it feel like Voldemort at that point. Like, are we just not saying this motherfucker's name, but we're, we're having wand battles with him? Like, having gang shootouts? I mean, I guess. Like, I feel like at that point, once shots get fired, we can say his name. You know, once he lifts the wand, it's like, hey, Baldy, what up? Let's go. That's that's the sound my wand makes. Yeah. But anyway, so on the that subject with device, on to the bad gifts thing, right? <laughs> I'll use myself for that example. Because, I don't know, it's weird. When you say horror, and I'll say me, and again, I'll use myself as an example, but I feel like if you're listening to this, you can relate. People assume what? Okay, like, I say, you know, I like Lovecraft. They assume Cthulhu. Say I like horror. What do they assume? Stephen King. Hey, my fans and listeners, my, my true heroes out there, I'm not a big fan of King. I'm really not. I like one book. And when I say like, I mean love. Okay, I'll say it like this. There's a couple of his works I like. I do like Insomnia. How many people even know that he wrote a book named Insomnia? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I want to like the Dark Tower series, but the ending was so disappointing and such a letdown that I try to forget, and most days do, that I even read the series in the first fucking place. I like the Dark Tower for the mythos that it, it, it creates, but the Dark Tower is really the book that made me stick to the stigma about the joke about how Stephen King cannot stick a landing in fucking hell. I have never been a fan of, spoiler alert, I have never been a fan of, from the days of 90s anime, the big O Wolf's Reign ending of, well, guess we're just gonna fucking reset time and do this shit all over again, because that makes fucking sense. Um, not a vibe. Not a vibe, homie. Not whatsoever. So the multiverse is fucking being torn apart. We beat the big bad, but now we're just going to, like, redo everything all over again? Like, that makes fucking... That's not a conclusion. Anyway, so... My favorite thing written by Stephen King is actually... A story he wrote as Richard Bachman, what's called The Long Walk, or The Long Run. It's The Long Something, The Long Stride. Something propelling forward. So definitely check it out, Richard Bachman. It's fantastic, it's wonderful. And I think Hulu's actually going to be doing like a live-action version of it, which I'm really a little nervous about. Hulu gets some things right, and some things not really too right at all. So, you know, it's a coin flip. Maybe it'll be good, maybe it won't. I like to envision what I saw in my head. I don't like the idea that some of them may be neutered, but we'll see. Um... But, you know, back to the thing, hey, you like horror? You like Stephen King? No. No, I fucking don't. Uh, hey, you like Lovecraft? You like Tentacles? Um, no. No, I fucking don't. I feel like Clive Barker is a, hey, you like Hellraiser? You into bondage? No. No, I'm fucking not. Like, where, where, it's like people's understanding of degrading of what it is. And it'd be one thing if you're asking that question to inquire. Like, oh. You're not a Cthulhu fan? Well, who's your favorite creature in the Lovecraft mythos? I, in my head, jokingly thought that it would be hilarious if we found out that Migos wasn't supposed to be like We Amigos and was actually Migos from the Lovecraft, like, <laughs> pen. go look up what Migos are. Just Google Beethos and look at some pictures. You're welcome or I'm sorry, however you feel about it. I'm be like, oh, shit, I got some homies and they rap, but that's not what actually happened. Um, I don't know. It's weird because, like... On a level of relation, like I said, relationships, a level of uh, relation, it's like, it feels like you either get no effort at all because you get dismissed because of what people feel like it is that you are and what you do before they even, they don't even ask the question or you get an attempt with minimal effort, right? True. Um, and let's talk about that. So, like, if I were to say that I liked the Paranormal Activity series, right? What could you assume about that? If you were going to assume anything, if you decided not to ask me any fucking questions, what would you assume about that? You would assume based on what paranormal activity scenes you saw. You might say maybe, okay, you like supernatural horror. You might say you like found footage horror, which I fucking do. I love found footage horror. I, we need more. There's not enough found footage horror. There's a lot. If you look on Tubi, there is a lot. And it's not 
enough. You know, some people say you can never have too much chocolate. You can never have too much shaky cameras, shitty dialogue, and even shittier characters. Now I'll tell you right now. Hey, hey, homies, you want to know why I like found footage horror? Because I don't believe your protagonists have to be knight in shining armor. I think it's okay to have flawed protagonists. I love flawed protagonists because I don't know one perfect person in my fucking life. Not even one. Not even kind of. As a matter of fact, the people I know that have the best hearts are some of the worst humans I know because of their inability to accept their fuck-ups because they want to be treasured for that good heart that they have so they don't grow. I know a lot of people that are just stunted in this weird state of, like, fuck-uppery because, like, they can't accept responsibility for their actions. And that makes a great horror villain slash protagonist slash questionable area. Like, it's fantastic. Human? Questionable. Like, in real life. But, like, in movies? Like, oh my god. Like, here's my favorite thing. You know how, like, you're watching a movie and, you know, so why don't you just drop the camera? Because they're an asshole. Because they're a fucking asshole and it's great. If you knew this person in real life, you'd probably punch them in the lip. Or, I don't know. Tolerate them at the behest of your own mental well-being. But in a movie, in a movie, you can't help but be enthralled with this guy that's watching his friends get murdered literally and recording everything because someone has to know. Who? Who has to know? Either it's like the Bruce Lee joke from Eddie Griffith. Either this motherfucker knows some shit that we don't know or he's fucking crazy because you must really think you're going to survive this shit or the camera's going to survive this shit and for you to just be this hardcore committed to recording everything. I love that trope. I love that trope. Crazy time-bendy witch that's altering reality. Gotta keep this camera plastered to my face. Love that. Anyway, Paranormal TV is pretty soon found footage, but... My true love of the Paranormal Activity movies is actually the lore and mythos they create. Like, this convoluted story about, like, these witches trying to make super demon-possessed soldier people. Like, it's great. Paranormal Activity has all the trappings to be a prequel to a really fucking badass, like, supernatural suspense action movie. Like, what I feel like they tried to do with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, if they were going to do, like, a whole... Kind of like Secret Scrolls, like scroll narration. They can take a nod from the Paranormal Activity movie as far as like setup and background story. Paranormal Activity, like legit, has like some like MCU level build up, and I'm like really, really waiting for this like huge epic like demon soldier baby badass battle of the planet where like it's just nuts and if you've seen the lost one like you know why you know exactly the marked one you know exactly what i mean you know exactly why if you've been watching the series it is nuts and i love it um and it's great because it's it takes this turn that you don't really think like yeah you got the crazy scenes you got toby you got the but if you really pay attention like it is witches Creating super soldiers, like demon-possessed people to be like super hell soldiers on the planet. It's fucking bananas. Uh, guess I should have said spoiler alert, but how many of you guys are going to sit down a marathon of Paranormal Activity movies? Please do come be my friend. Watch them with me. They're fantastic. But anyway, yeah, it's it's nuts. It's a nutso movie. And yet, you would only know that if you watched the movies, right? You want me to go ahead and jump ahead and get to the point that I'm trying to make here? Okay. 
if you're hanging out with someone that really likes boba tea, instead of saying that it looks weird, if you've never put it in your mouth, just put it in your fucking mouth. I'm not going to make this a generational thing or whatever, but like, I am a firm believer in just putting things in your mouth. And I'm a bigger firm believer in if you don't put it in your mouth, you probably shouldn't speak on it. You don't know if you don't know, right? You don't. Like, I do a ridiculous amount of stuff for, you know, people in my life that I should probably, you know, not. Uh, But if someone says that they like something and they just, like, refuse to stop talking about it, you know, I give it a look and a listen. You know, I take a gander. You know, I I, I dip my toes in the water a little bit. I want to at least see before I just straight up go, like, this ain't for me. And if nothing else, I can at least have an understanding of why it's for them and what it is. Um... And, you know, I feel like that's the only way that you can really make effort in a relationship is you have to try, like, actually try to understand through empathy and actual actions the people that you're trying to have a relationship with. Because if you don't... you're not going to have an actual relationship with them. And for the rest of you know me, I seem to, you know, hear everything, oh, I'm trying to hear you have weird thoughts or No, it's not weird. What is a relationship? Your feelings for a person that you essentially only know what your capacity and understanding of them is, which is not maybe even an understanding of them at all. But more importantly... At least for this episode, what you need to understand most of all is your relationship to yourself. Like, I can tell you right now why I like a lot of stuff. You want to know why I like psychological horror? I'll tell you. Psychological horror, for the most part, is the realest shit ever. That's the realest shit. It is. It's the realest shit. They're romantic comedies. Does that mean that there are awkward, goofy-ass people out there? Hell yeah, they are. It's a world full of manic, pissy dream girls. Sadly. You know, it's fun. Not always right on the border, right? And some people watch movies to escape. And, you know, I watch them for entertainment as well. They entertain me. But when it comes to psychological horror, you do it all the time. It's so humanizing. It's so indirect to see people be people. Psychological horror really plays with the stuff. And it's not like, oh, it's the greatest. I literally just mean that the genre itself, just, just say that, psychological horror. In a sense, all horror is psychological. But to take it and really focus on how... Whatever is happening is affecting characters mentally. Just creates a discussion that is there for fans, but can be there for anyone. And I think of all the subgenres, that brings more people to the genre than anything else. Because it opens up such a discussion to where somebody may not be a gore whore, but when you put on something of that capacity and people can say, put themselves in that shoes and empathize, it's it's something. But just kind of like... You know, understand why you like the stuff that you like. It's very important. Your relationship with yourself, your relationship to horror. You know, take it away from me, taking it to you. My horror fans, you're my non-horror fans. Why don't you like what you like? Or why don't you like what you don't like? Because I find myself asking myself these questions all the time. Like, if I shudder, I say, well, why did I do that? And then I ask myself if that even makes any fucking sense. Like, 
I gotta chill, I gotta heebie heebies. That person just gives me a weird vibe. There's this wave right now of like vibe check. That's weird vibe. It gives me weird vibes. Okay, that's cool. And I understand that. Like, trust the vibe, whatever. Like, don't forget it. But the person hasn't actually done anything. What the fuck are you doing? Exactly. Like, you're just being weird. You're being weird, not the person you. Okay? So it's something to think about. Oh, got the heebie jeebies. But also, like, I'm not gonna, you know, not engage. So, like, with that principality, with people, especially with the genre that it is, if horror scares you or gives you a weird feel, it's fucking supposed to. I think all art is supposed to make you a little uncomfortable. If it doesn't, what is it doing? You know, like, it's supposed to kind of take you out. It's supposed to take you out so that you can bring yourself back in with with new knowledge and new experience, new understanding of yourself and the world and life around you. And what does that better than than, than fear? It's at the core of everything. I mean, look at your typical romantic, look at your typical life situation, like, some people walk around here scared of everything, scared of love, scared of that, scared of failure, scared of this, scared of that, that's pretty much every genre of fucking movie, so, like, even if you think you don't like horror, you actually do, you, you fucking do, movies where the cinema is fear, but what do you think everything you watch is, what do you think the core of every good story is, fear, Right? Guess what? Come over here. There's a subgenre for you. You just gotta find it yet. Don't say you don't like it. You just haven't found the one for you. But the way you're gonna do that is you're gonna understand why you don't like it and you gotta address that within yourself. And then maybe get to know yourself a little better. Maybe get to know the people around you a little better. Maybe have an actual relationship with yourself on a deeper level and maybe have an absolutely engaging and fun relationship with the people around you. And quit giving me things with fucking tentacles on them. Jeez, I want a yellow robe. Please. <laughs> no, okay. I appreciate, I appreciate, like, any gifts, all the support, all the love. Uh, you know, if you guys want to get me tentacle coffee mugs till I pretty much use them as flower pots, you know, hey, it is what it is. And I love it. And thank you so much for the thoughts. Um, it's cool. You know, it's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, if I'm going to be that guy, you know, hey, I'm that fucking guy. But, you know, have a conversation with me and figure out why, you know, a little bit. It'd be fun. You might learn some shit. You might learn some shit about yourself. That's really what experience is supposed to be, learning stuff about yourself. And you know where you get that learning from? Inside your own head. I think so many people are so afraid to be in there. And it's why people chase and do and distract with everything else. But I think the cool thing... At least for me, about this genre, is that horror has always challenged me to think and be inside my own head. Because I learned very, very early on in doing this that if something made me feel some type of way, I wanted to know why. Why did that scare me? I asked myself that question. I dealt with that. I handled it. And then I had a deeper understanding of myself. And then I explored and dealt with and talked more. And I always clicked everything. Just gobble it up. Yum, 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 yum. And, you know, it's fun. It's great. And I think we should be kind of treat most things like that all things kind of you know something makes you uncomfortable think about why and then ask yourself if that's a good enough reason to not do it and I, I guarantee you it probably really isn't so anyway with that um you know as i mentioned earlier uh hey you guys are great i'm glad you're here i'm glad you're listening i'm glad you're enjoying yourselves uh you seem to be you know 
guys are listening in and that's fantastic and i super appreciate that um just you know also remember like you know keep doing what i'm doing uh i'd, I'd love to go you know possibly see some movies you know maybe rent some stuff i still haven't seen x i would love to see x i'm still like i'm i am very much wanting to watch this movie a a a horror movie centered around making a porno like it's just my vibe right my perceived vibe my actual vibe do you know why it's a vibe i'm gonna let you guess in the question of this week how about that but hey donations are cool so you guys can like totally support the podcast and like the lowest the lowest amount is like 99 cents you won't even notice it's missing like just just toss it on there be 99 cents a month like it's not even your bottom dollar just throw it out there i would super appreciate that and you know at some point who knows maybe by fall i'll be able to rent it on demand and then i'll i'll do a whole episode about it i'll do a whole episode about it. how about this we made this a challenge if i can get enough donations by the end of june to rent x all of july will be film-based episodes on on-demand rentals and i will theme them each to tie to turning up the genre okay how about that so uh, that is my challenge to you. Now I got my for material. I got episodes and episodes and episodes for you guys. And I'm going to be here every Sunday. And I appreciate you for being here. So remember, go out there. I uh, believe in you whatever you're trying to do out there. You know, you, you have my love and support. And uh, be good people. All right. Signing off. Bye.